Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a great guest for you today that I'm very excited to share this conversation on. Miss Carrie Jacobson is the founder and CEO of Jacobson Family Law. Carrie has been practicing law for over a decade having successfully represented clients in all facets of family law proceedings. Jacobson Family Law focuses on assisting clients in creating out-of-court solutions to their separation, divorce, custody, and other family law matters without the drama and the stress associated with litigation. Additionally, Jacobson Family Law assists clients with protecting their assets through the negotiation of pre-postnuptial agreements and estate planning. Carrie is a trained Maryland collaborative divorce attorney and mediator. She works with clients by listening to their concerns and helping them identify their goals and interests for the divorce process, as well as the future and beyond it. Carrie is skilled in a variety of dispute resolution options and helps identify what divorce process is best for her client's needs. She is admitted to practice law throughout the state of Maryland, and she's a certified child custody mediator, best interest attorney, child advocate attorney, and child privilege attorney. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you so very much for having me. I appreciate it. Sorry, I stumbled across a little bit, but you have a wealth of amazing qualifications and qualities. And I just want to make sure that we always highlight our friends the best that we can. So today we're going to talk through about keeping the drama out of divorce. But before we dive deep, I was wondering if you can share a little bit about why you're so passionate about this type of work and the people that you serve. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I did the traditional family law practice for many years. And in that world, I had the opportunity to represent clients in, you know, traditional litigation. And Through that experience, I truly found that court is not the place to resolve family law disputes. It is harmful for the parents who are going through the case, the spouses going through the case, and especially hard on the children who are in the middle. Mm. And so that's why I transitioned out of the litigation space and really work with clients on keeping those cases outside of court because it's such a better way to resolve issues and to separate lives going forward. I love that you're sharing this because when I was going through my divorce, I didn't even know that there were options outside of what you have named traditional law litigation. I just thought, you better find yourself an attorney and trust that they're going to know what steps to take and what to do and had no idea that there were people like you in this space that are really available to keep it outside of court for the benefit of all parties and get a great outcome from it, get exactly what you need legally from it. 
and beyond. So your tagline, I love your tagline. It's one of the reasons why when we connected, I was like, I need to have Carrie on this podcast. Your tagline is keeping the drama out of divorce. What do you mean by that? So what I mean is it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be adversarial. And so many people think, you know, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. So I have of course, I have to hire the attorney. I have to go to court. That's the what people just assume is the right answer, but it doesn't have to be that. And unfortunately, what I have also observed and experienced in my career is that oftentimes the attorneys make the case more complicated and more difficult than the parties ever wanted it to be. And so it's really a matter of finding the right professional that is going to help you meet the goals that you have set out for your case. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz I just think of like all the personal dramas through divorce as well, which is what I help a lot of my clients move through, which is 50% of my clients come from women who haven't even yet hired a lawyer or decided what type of mediation process they're going to move through. But they just know that as they navigate that process with their support team, their legal support team, that they're going to feel more aligned with who they are versus inserting all of these heightened emotions or stay stuck on the emotional roller coaster, which makes navigating the legal side of divorce really, really tricky and really, really sticky. So I appreciate folks like you who are really, really championing the simplification of divorce, right? Because life's already complicated the minute you decide you're going to separate and you're going to go through divorce. It's already feeling complicated and chaotic in your body. So you Mm -hmm. need to have that team of professionals surrounding you to lighten the load and make it feel very, very simple. It may be hard to process, but it can feel simple going through the steps and, and the progression of it. So Why do you think people gravitate or let the drama seep into this situation? I think it's because we're surrounded by those horror stories. We hear them in the media. We hear them from our friends. We hear them from our family that they had this terrible situation. And so people just automatically expect that that's what they're going to get, right? You don't often hear about those people who have an amicable resolution. And so, you know, you're not getting that side that it can be amicable and it can go smoothly. So you don't know that that is even an option to expect. That is a great response. Wow. I mean, that stigma behind divorce is the real deal. And you feel like a lot of times I'll speak from my own personal experience. You feel like you need to be in the victim position or you Mm -hmm. need to be the one that's fighting for it. like. Fight for yourself, fight for your kids, fight for your money, stick Mm -hmm. it to them. And it doesn't have to be like that. That's that drama element, again, of just this stigma around it has to be one person needs to suffer. One person needs to Mm -hmm. pay for this outcome instead of finding this space where we can go, okay, we're both going to walk away. We're both going to move forward in this next chapter of our lives and for our kids or for ourselves, depending on where you find yourself. And it's not going to feel filled with drama and dragging me down. So what have you seen when people bring drama to divorce? What types of thing have you seen holding them back? Mm -hmm. Well, I think 
that when people bring that drama, as a professional, I can feel the tension, right? And there's definitely a different feeling in the virtual room. When I'm working with a couple who, you know, has that drama associated with them and those couples who treat it more like a business transaction and do kind of expect to both walk away in honestly, sometimes a better position than where they are now, right? Yes. What I help people do if they are coming into the situation with the heightened drama is try to refocus them on what are their goals. You know, especially in the mediation space, I'm not looking at what happened in the past. I'm not really, you know, trying to find out what led them here. It's really, this is where we are now. Mm. And what are you going to do going forward? What is your next, you know, what does it look like after this is all over? So having them focus on the future is is so important to help uh, turn that around. I I'm obsessed with this stance that you just that you're taking with your clients because one of the first things that we do at your divorce planner is we create a for a future self letter and it sounds kind of cheesy but it literally is who do I whose shoes do I want to step into as mm-hmm. this new chapter unfolds and as my life progresses and when we can hold that vision of what that looks like with the goals and stay present with where we're actually at today like you said We're not in the past. That's why a lot of people go to um, counseling, which is great, Mm -hmm. and therapy to talk about like how I got here so I don't repeat, but also being able to figure out who you are in this moment and how to carry that forward into your future is really, really important. So what are the benefits of leaving the drama out of divorce? So many, so many benefits. One, you know, from the practical standpoint, it reduces your cost. If nothing else, you're going to save thousands and tens of thousands of dollars by keeping the drama out of divorce. You know, if you can resolve your issues in mediation, that will cut out so much money in attorney's fees if you, as opposed to litigation. Mm. Secondly, it's time. Resolving your issues quickly and amicably will, you can be done. Most of our clients are finished with their cases in six months or less. That's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, those typical traditional litigation cases are taking, you know, two years now with the COVID backups. Yes. And then there's the intangibles, you know, the stress related to all of the things that go into litigation and the back and forth and the discovery process and just the overall like emotional tension that is there. We don't have that in, you know, resolving things outside of court. Mm, Yeah. And not only the time of, well, I guess that that contributes to it, but having to actually go into court and wait for a court date Mm -hmm. and doing all these things back and forth. And that environment, because I've been there and done that, that environment is very intimidating and jarring. For me, it was a little traumatizing to the system to even, you think of court as a place where you, where criminals go, right? right. You don't think of it as a place that's like homey and nurturing where you're going to go and, you know, figure out how to move forward in your life. But I feel like the work that you do allows a much more nurturing, safe space for both parties to come in figure out what your goals are moving forward, figuring out how everyone's going to be able to do that in a way that feels okay and um, do it in a shortened amount of time. So I love that because I just want our listeners to know as a divorced woman, and mine wasn't even wild divorce. It was just kind of your average. 
six months is unbelievably quick to resolve a divorce and such a more healthy space when you can Mm -hmm. just, like you said, get the paperwork where it needs to be and make sure that we're all moving forward. So you have some really, really good tips um, on how to keep the drama out of divorce. Mm -hmm. I would love to walk through those with you. Sure. So the first is to get organized. One of the first things that, you know, you really should be doing when you've decided that either you have decided that you're going to divorce or that you have learned that your spouse is requesting a divorce is to start gathering documentation. Because regardless of what process you end up in, whether it's mediation or litigation, you're going to need the paperwork. Um, If nothing else to familiarize yourself with what the assets are, the income, the expenses and liabilities are. So gathering all of that stuff together, ideally perfect world scenario is that you make electronic copies of everything so that you can easily share it or give it to an attorney so that they can look at it as well. Yeah. The I feel like that's going to save you time, right? That's going to save you also so save you time. time and money if you can get organized before you have those meetings. And even if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, that person can help you expand upon that. But there are there are some things that you can definitely pull from before you even get someone someone like yourself involved. So what's the second thing? To work with a divorce coach. So working with a divorce coach in managing the emotions so that the emotional aspect can be dealt with with the divorce coach as opposed to in the divorce process. Yes. Critical. Again, that's going to save you time and it's going to save you money. And it's also going to put you on the trajectory to move forward faster after you've signed the documents. I love to say that the work that I do at your divorce planner is creating that bridge from the legal mm-hmm. the legal side to the lifestyle side. Like you're still a human, but we can't bring too much of the emotional stuff into the business transaction. Like you said, it really is right. figuring out what that business transaction is. And if we can, can get ourselves in an aligned, calmer, present space throughout the process, we will be able to go through that more quickly and figure out what the right things are for us through that process versus being heavily emotionally loaded and trying to make decisions from that standpoint. Um, it just, it doesn't help anybody, including right. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So number three, choose a peaceful divorce process option, whether that's divorce mediation, collaborative divorce, or even if it's just settlement negotiations. Um, You know, sometimes there are situations where communication is not going well between spouses. And so it's preferred that, you know, the communication happens between attorneys, but any of those that keeps your case outside of court. Ooh, can you explain, help us understand the difference between divorce mediation and collaborative divorce? Yes. So they are similar in many ways, but there's also some major differences. So mediation typically is the two parties and a mediator who is a third party facilitator. Um, And they really are helping guide you through the different topics so that you guys you know, the the couple can discuss the issues and come to a resolution. In the collaborative divorce space, it's more of a team approach. 
Mm. And in collaborative, both parties have an attorney, a collaboratively trained attorney. Many times they will both have their own mental health professional or divorce coach in the process. Mm. And there may be other professionals that come in depending on the needs of the couple. Oftentimes we will see a financial neutral. There may be other people such as a mortgage broker or a real estate agent, those types of things. Mm. The biggest difference between the two practices is collaborative. Everyone on that team also signs a participation agreement that says if for some reason the case were to break down and not come to a resolution in the collaborative space, that those parties are going to have to hire new attorneys to go to court. So it gives them a bit more buy-in into, you know, working through the process and coming to a resolution. Ah, that makes sense. Thanks for clarifying that. I think it's important because again, people don't know when they go into the divorce situation, like what should I go with? Who should I find? What am I looking for? And there really are a lot of specific areas based on where you're at with your divorce that people like yourself can recommend what's going to be the best fit. So I love that so much. You also say one of the tips is to hire a divorce attorney with similar values. Can you talk about maybe what some of your values at your practice are? Absolutely. So one of the first and foremost is keeping the children's best interests at the focus. And so working with clients who are child focused is hugely important to us. Also, efficiency. Our intention is not to drag out the case and make it more complicated. It's really to help you get to your goals in the most efficient manner possible and looking at the big picture, right? So making sure that you stay focused on what your goals are and not getting sidetracked on, you know, things that may not necessarily be as important to you in the long run. Mm, So good. So, so good. That values piece is so key and and can translate into so many parts of your life, not just this scenario. So I always do a practice with my clients around that as well. You say, keep the blame out of it. Blaming each other only makes settlement more complicated, right? So because the other person is not going to respond well if all you're doing is blaming them for what went wrong. And so that's really why we focus on not what happened, but where things are now and how you're going to move forward in the future. Yeah, blame definitely triggers a defense sequence. Yeah. Always in in everyday life and specifically when emotions are heightened through divorce and it just just doesn't work. I, I agree with that totally. What about focusing on the bigger picture? Why is that so important? Because... Sometimes people who are looking at the minor issues aren't really paying attention to how the overall picture is going to play out, Mm. right? They may be focused on one little thing, but not necessarily how that one little thing fits into the big picture. And so sometimes I see this when it comes to like custody things. They might be focused on one small aspect of, you know, an overnight. But when you look at it in a big scale, it's really not that much time. And so it's, again, making sure you keep in mind what your goals were to start with. Mm, Yeah, that goals piece is huge. What does it mean to have good faith negotiations? What does that mean? So unfortunately, sometimes what happens that people may come into mediation, potentially not have already consulted with an attorney. So they're kind of coming in, not knowing what the quote unquote law is and what they may be entitled to. 
The other thing that sometimes happens is once they've reached an agreement in mediation, they then take that agreement to an attorney to review. Mm. And that can be where things go sideways. You know, once, well, I think you could get more if you did this, or I think you should renegotiate that. And it's that's really not what we're trying to accomplish in the mediation space. It's having those good faith negotiations and really sticking to what you've agreed to and not coming trying to come to a new agreement. Yeah, just trying. Uh, so good faith, in essence, is kind of like don't backdoor it or side door right. it or whatever door yeah. it. Don't go around someone's back and try to create something outside of the divorce mediation. The good faith is that we're working through this together for the betterment of everybody. Right. Or we're not going to go back and renegotiate what we've already agreed to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So let's shift a little bit and talk about because this is something I've never talked about on the podcast, which is estate planning. And you say mm-hmm. that it's important to update your estate plan after divorce. So first of all, what is an estate plan and why is it important to update it? Okay. So your estate plan is going to be anything related to what happens to you upon your passing. So it's going to be either your will or your revocable living trust, depending on what your specific needs are. It also often includes things such as your medical power of attorney, who can make medical decisions for you if you are incapable of making them for yourselves, and also your financial power of attorney. So if you're incapacitated, who's going to handle your money for you, pay your bills and that sort of thing. And so obviously, once you have gone through a divorce, most people do not necessarily intend for their spouse to receive their retirement you know, if something were to happen to them or their life insurance money or the house that they owned previously together or whatever the case may be. And so it's super important to make sure that all of those documents are updated because if you've named your spouse on your life insurance policy, you're now ex-spouse or on your 401k and you pass away, that spouse still receives those funds. Yes. So it's making sure that you, you know, your intentions are updated and whether it goes to your kids or it goes to, you know, someone else in the family or even a charity, you want to make sure that you've named who you want those assets to go to. This is another reason why it's so important to not just Google a legal resource or find a family friend. Like it's really important that you know that you have the best advocate for you in this process and someone who knows what questions and things to look for and ask. Because what you just said is something that my, in my experience, there weren't specific things talked about. It was just your divorce, congratulations, pat on the back, good luck with everything. And mm-hmm. then I just realized it's kind of embarrassing, but since it's coming up, I'm not really embarrassed. I'll just share it is I didn't, I didn't realize until I got divorced in 2015. Three years ago in 2020, I moved in with my now partner and Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that he was, you know, in different areas of of my life being, you know, the beneficiaries and things. And I went in and I thought I had changed it all to my parents when I got divorced. I sure didn't. His name was all over everything and had Mm -hmm. anything happened to me, you know, he wasn't a bad guy, but I really would have preferred that my family would benefit 
with my funds right. and my wishes and my desires for myself and my health and my, you know, all those things rather than my ex. So it's really important, you guys, that you do have somebody like Carrie on your side who knows what things to look for beyond just finalizing the divorce because it's so much more than that. Right. And I think people get overwhelmed with going through the divorce process. Yes. To add on one more thing of now I have to update my estate plan on top of the fact that no one wants to do their estate plan to begin with, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, now that's another thing on my to-do list, but it is so important because like you said, you know, if you want to make sure that your family is now taken care of and not, you know, this other person that you're no longer with. Yeah. Oh, so big, so big. So let's also talk on, on, on in this category of, let's talk about prenup, okay? okay. So there's mm-hmm. two sides to it. There are like, you've got a great, a great thing on your Instagram, five common misconceptions. And I don't want people to miss this. So let's talk about the misconceptions and then let's talk about the benefits of prenup. So what are some of the common misconceptions? Because I know I've felt all of these things about prenups. Okay. The first one is that they're only for people who are wealthy. Yes. This was my thinking. Like, I'm not J-Lo. I don't know. Like, I don't need this, right? right? Yeah. The second is that by signing a prenup that you don't trust your partner. Right. You don't trust what they're going to do, or you already kind of expect that you're going to get divorced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the third one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. It only helps a person in the sense when the marriage is over, which is definitely the angle that I think a lot of folks who were born, you know, I, I, I'll i just use my parents, for example, mm-hmm. they would definitely have thought those things about like, you're going to get a prenup with your partner. Don't you trust them? Like, right. well, are you planning on breaking up with them anytime? And it's really those stigmas, um, mm-hmm. which is why it's important that we cover these. What else do you have? That prenups are unromantic. Um, and that they're only needed in marriages where one spouse has significantly more assets than the other. Yeah. Like if you're Jeff Bezos or something and right. I, and you marry, I don't even know who is married to, probably someone with a lot of money too, but if not, <laughs> that you know that, oh, well, we should probably just get this. Again, it kind of goes around that fame character. Yeah. So let's talk about, those are misconceptions. And I think a lot of people can relate to those, but what are the benefits? Why should someone consider a prenuptial agreement before your next marriage? I think prenups are great regardless of what marriage you're on, whether it's the first or the fourth, but yeah. specifically important for those, you know, subsequent marriages, because if you have kids from your prior relationship in some states, including Maryland, you cannot disinherit a, a spouse. So you can, once you get married, that new spouse is automatically going to be entitled to a portion of your assets upon your death. And so if you want all of your assets to go to your kids, for instance, which in many cases, that's, you know, kind of what we see, a prenup is critical because otherwise they're not getting everything. Another important reason is simply to have that conversation, right? Starting out the relationship with an expectation as to what's going to happen. And a prenup is really just a contract that says, in this situation, this is what's going to take place. And in this situation, this is what's going to take place. Mm. Um, And so it's a matter of 
having a conversation about what you both want, because it's only going to work if you both agree, and deciding what that looks like to you. And sometimes, you know, we see that, especially in those second marriages, and even now in first marriages, where one spouse may already have a house, defining what that looks like if you either divorce or you pass away. Well, what happens to that house that was owned by one previous, you know, one of the spouses prior to the marriage? So it's really just having that conversation and defining those assets. Yeah. In a way, it feels very healthy to have those conversations of just like you said, just knowing what to expect in different situations throughout your relationship. I think that's, that's a really beautiful way to look at it without all of those other things that we talked about kind of not being through those misconceptions. So this last thing I wanted to ask you about is really important, um, how to choose the right attorney for a drama-free divorce. And so one of the things that you say is, we talked about this one already, so we can kind of scoot through this one, define your goals and values. So Mm -hmm really putting those in place and knowing what that is before you go out and seek someone so you can know that they're going to help you with that and they're going to match that, I think. Right, yep. The second thing is, I think this is big, seek recommendations and conduct research. What does that look like? So asking family and friends for anyone that they may have used, it can be seeking recommendations I see a lot of that in, um, you know, local Facebook groups, that sort of thing, getting an idea of someone that has been used by previous people. It's basically a referral, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, But also looking through that person's online presence, their website, and that sort of thing, and get an idea for the tone that they're using. You know, does the tone of the their messaging connect with yours and what your goals are? I think that's huge. You'll know, like we all know if a connection is for us or going to work with us. And it doesn't mean that that person's a bad person. It just means like, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's going to feel like a solid connection and partnership versus somebody who's just getting the job done. And that's so important when you're going through such a vulnerable time in your life. And one of the things that we're working on at Your Divorce Planner is putting together a hub of, mm-hmm. it's called the Divorce Women's Network of recommendations that we've done research on in different states, if in different places, in different areas and hubs of divorce. Mm-hmm. So I love, love, love that this is one of the one of the golden nuggets here. So um, the next one is review client testimonials and case results. Talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit. So many times you'll see those on someone's um, website, Google reviews. I can't tell you how many of our clients tell us that they have chosen us because of our Google reviews. Um, And so those are, you know, clients that have worked with the attorney or the mediator that you are looking for and can give real life experiences about what they've gone through. Um, And, you know, it's kind of strange to say that we're in a world now that you're choosing an attorney by the Google reviews, but that's really what it is. Yeah, it really is. We we can trust what other people's experiences have been, especially when there's lots of them. So I know you've right. got a lot of experience in this area. And then what does this last one schedule consultations look like? So it's really important to have a consultation with the attorney or the mediator to get a better feel for their 
you know, their personality and to ask questions. You know, if you have questions about what the process is going to look like, a consultation is a great place to learn more about about that. And, you know, you can ask them, how many mediations have you handled? Have you ever worked with a, you know, a military family? Have you worked with a family with special needs children? Those are things that are, you know, maybe specific to your situation that you might want to know more about. Mm, This is so good. This is so good. So based on our chat today, what's one thing that our listeners could do or start doing to help create their comeback? Because that's really, in essence, what this show is all about in in all these things we've talked about. And maybe it's that, you know, um, getting a consultation. Maybe it's that (laughs) one. But what, what would you say is one thing that our listeners can do to start creating their comeback today? I think really looking at what you were referring to earlier, deciding what the person is that you want to be on the other side. Mm. You know, and then working backwards. So deciding what you want to be on the other side and what that new goal and future looks like, and then working backwards on setting stages and goals of how to get there. Mm. I love, 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 love that so, so, so much. Because then you're really, you're really, choosing based on that version of yourself and Mm -hmm. what he or she or they or them really need and want versus just like the me now that might feel really torn or in the divorce ditch, as I call it. Um, That's really no space and place to be making your decisions from. So um, how can our listeners get more of you in their life? How can they find you? What do you have going on? Um, We're all over social. So we have um, lots of videos on YouTube, our YouTube channel, Jacobson Family Law. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok, um, where we're always trying to put out, you know, additional tips for people who are going through divorce and also um, creating some digital download things for people who may be going through it. Um, We just put up a budget as well as an asset and liability worksheet. So as I was talking about earlier, for those people who are trying to get organized, It's probably one of the first things people have to do is just, you know, going through and creating that monthly budget. So you can find all of that on our TikTok. Oh my gosh, you guys are so generous in the value that you add in as free resources and all of that space. So I'm so grateful that we have this for our listeners to really grab onto. And you also have a special offer, a free download for tips on how to prepare for divorce mediation. So you guys go out there, check out all of our stuff. Get in contact with Carrie. If you need any help, just give give me a buzz. If there's other things that you want to hear Carrie and I jam on, let us know so I can invite her back and we can talk about and unpack anything that you might have questions on after you've had a chance to spend some more time with her. I just have a few closing questions that I ask everybody on the podcast. And the first one is, what's one thing that you love about you? Oh, one thing that I love about me is that I'm always a knowledge freak. I'm always looking to learn more about all the things. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that's a great quality to have in someone in your position. I love that. And then the last question is, what does joy feel like in your body? Mm, just a, an overwhelming sense of peace. Yeah. Yeah. Just being at peace. I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. 
Thank you so much for sharing this conversation today and uh, for your energy and your expertise. I appreciate you and all that you do. And I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. And a kind reminder to all of our listeners as we close, remember that you are safe, you are loved, you are enough. So go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.